This week, we're talking with Paul Shoddy, who owns a barbecue consulting business. Tune in so you can get the details on what exactly that is and how it works. Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, world headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pitmaster, your host, David Bosca. Welcome, everybody, to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast. This episode, I have got what I will call a real friend of the barbecue and a friend of myself. We have a world champion, uh, Oklahoma Barbecue Hall of Famer. Everybody, I'd like to introduce to you Paul Shoddy. Paul, say something for everybody. Hey, uh, David, it's great to be on your uh, podcast and look forward to talking to your listeners about the things that you'd like to visit about. Well, thanks, Paul. I appreciate you taking the time to chit-chat, talk, whatever you want to call it. Um, Our podcast is a lot about education, um, letting people learn not only how they can do something, but learn from the mistakes that we've all made, too. Won't you tell everybody a little bit about... Yes. Let's tell everybody a little bit about your barbecue pedigree. Um, how'd you get started and what you did? Well, it started uh, 28 years ago in the fact that I was a school teacher and principal for 20 years, but then started dabbling with competition barbecue. And the first contest that I did was in Ponca City at the Cherokee Strip. And I happened to meet Danny Head, who was the owner of Head Country Barbecue at the time. And he asked me if I'd go out on the circuit and promote his sauce and seasoning. And basically I couldn't sign up fast enough to to want to be part of it. Um, And just have had a a great time traveling the country, actually traveling the world, uh, competing and teaching people about how to do what Americans do best, barbecue. That sounds really good. I love the part about traveling the world. People don't think of it that way, but, you know, we've got pizza, we've got hamburgers, and barbecue is an Oklahoma slash now American cuisine. And you name, name some of the countries you've been to, to to spread the word. I've been to Germany, Sweden, France, uh, are the ones that I frequent the most. Uh, and what's really interesting, uh, when we had our, we still have our sauce in, uh, our, the head country sauce is still in Germany, but there was a uh, commercial done one time, and it actually called barbecuing the American ethnic food. So it was kind of interesting. But people, when I'm overseas and, and I have the product out there, they just are real eager to learn what these Americans are doing so well with barbecue. And it's a lot of fun to, to educate people. It's interesting how um, some people have never lit a fire in a, even a grill, much less a, a big smoker. And when you get them engaged in it, they're just really intrigued with how all that comes together. And uh, I've helped um, a company in Sweden um, established themselves as a barbecue company. And now I'm working with uh, another, uh, international group in, uh, France and they're wanting to do some similar things to what the people in Stockholm, Sweden are doing. And that's, uh, pre-cooked meats glazed with barbecue sauce and then sold in delis at the grocery store and, um, in restaurants 
that they uh, reheat and serve to their customers. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty cool right there. Um, you've taken your knowledge, you've taken it over there, and going to bring something to the market in another country. That's that's really neat. That's 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 pretty damn good. I can yeah, tell and it's, it's really a lot of fun to be uh, help them start a, or be successful in their business. Uh, and that's just, that's rewarding alone. You know, that that's just what barbecue is. Uh, if it's in a small world, if it's no more than helping a local contestant um, get his ribs just right, or like you're talking about, a company taken full-fledged to delicatessens, it's, it's still the same thing. It's just sharing your knowledge. It is, yeah. very much so. You know, and that's how um, you and I happened to meet in Salisaw a number of years ago. I think that was your first contest, and we just were parked next to each other. And, uh, you know, I can't not help somebody. I've been in education for, you know, over 40 years, and one of them was in actually in the school, and the other one is – uh, educating people on how to cook good, good barbecue. So. It's funny that you mention that. I've got a little crib notes here of what I wanted to chat about, and that was the that was the next thing on the list. Was I believe the first time I met you was at that contest. We were sitting side by side. It's very cold, and my wife Wilma, if you remember this, she huddled up against your firebox um, <laughs> most of the morning because my pellet smokers really weren't printing out very much heat. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. We were on the airport uh, by the airport hangars there in Salisaw. Yeah, so. that's it. And you, like you was talking about, I remember after the contest, you said, hey, bring me your score sheet. You you looked it over. You showed me how to read it. You explained things to me. And and I remember leaving there going, oh, my God, that was that was that was Paul Shoddy. That was that was head country. <laughs> and I, I, I do. I, Wilma and I talked going home and I I thought. I'm going to learn to like this because, yes, we were competing. I, I mean, I was a pimple on, on a boar, but it was great to see someone of your stature to take 10 minutes instead of just screaming out of a parking lot. You took 10 minutes to take my sheet of paper and start at the top and explain to me what I was looking at. And, and the next time I really remember running into you, I believe it was either that year or it was the next year. I don't remember. You were co-hosting a class in Ponca City, a barbecue class, just a couple doors down from where your office was. And right. I remember signing up for that, going, I want to go listen to what else Paul has to say. I thought that was uh, inspirational for what you did, but I thought this man's on top of the barbecue world. He's definitely running Oklahoma right now other parts of the country. I want to go see what you had to say. Well, and I'm glad you came. Uh, you know, that was uh, a lot of fun to do those classes when I did them. And now you're actively involved in that same class. And I know people really appreciate what both of us have had to, to say about competing because we not only go out and compete on the circuit, but you know, when we have family and friends over in the backyard, we want to give them the very best as well. 
and you know god's blessed us and we've been fortunate enough to have good good products to use you make great products and um it's just using your your god-given talents and um you know sure we all make mistakes but we learn from our mistakes and that's part of the educational process as well and that uh if people do say something that I have tried in the past, I don't want to just dampen their fire, so to speak, but I'll just try to give them some other advice and uh, or something to try in addition to what they're saying. And hopefully, again, they don't make the same mistakes that, that I did. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. All right. We've got a little bit of history about you and, and the listeners understand that you're true to heart when you say something, um, trying to teach them and, and go from there. Now let's turn the page. There's something new on the horizon for Paul Shoddy. Won't you tell us about that? Well, about five months ago, I decided to, uh, leave my position at head country and go out on my own. And I had, uh, made a lot of contacts in the food industry, again, uh, basically around uh, barbecue-related items, whether it's uh, sauce, seasoning, marinade, smokers. Uh, but, you know, not only met a lot of good people and have a lot of great friends out on the barbecue circuit, but I also do in retail and food service business. So I decided uh, before I hung up my shingle completely that I'd like to go out <laughs> and do my own thing, you know? Um, so it was a little bit of, uh, it's exciting, but it's also a little scary to, to leave something that you've done for such a long time and go out on your own. But, uh, I'm having fun. I'm, uh, working with people that, um, uh, I didn't know before, uh, when I was at the previous employment. And, um, so I've got new customer base and, um, like I said, it's kind of rejuvenated things for me because now I'm educating a, a new group of people. And um, like I said, having a lot of fun. Okay, so, so I let's... Started Paul, so I started Paul's Food Products uh, back in July and uh, am working with about a handful, half a dozen uh, good customers right at the moment, but others are more on the horizon. Oh yeah, that's that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit. On that particular, or the uh, for the Paul's food products, how that that was one of the questions is, what are you doing to start that business? Did you just like what you'd already um, went in? But I'm gonna parlay a little more on it. Were you falling back on friendships that you had already made? It sounds like you're working with a possible new customer overseas. Um, how, how did you go about saying, Hey, client, client, good gracious, um, client number one, go, how'd you do it? You know, I had heard that there was this, uh, smoker company that had an individual that was doing things with their sauce and seasoning, but not a whole lot, but that person left the company. And so I got in touch with the owner and we talked for about 30 minutes one evening uh, on the phone. And I told him basically a lot of the things that I've already told your listeners uh, on, you know, on, on this podcast. But 
the person happened to be David Knight with old, old uh, Hickory Smoker, you know, old Hickory Pits. And um, so one thing led to another, and he said, you know, we're looking for somebody. We need somebody to, to work the uh, sauce and seasoning. And they have great products. Uh, he sent me some, and I've used them uh, in my outdoor cooking. And then uh, I'm going to also, you know, uh, work with him on his uh, pits. And um, so that was my number one uh, customer. Uh, and I've got a few others that I'm working with, and some of them are as far away as Utah and Idaho. Uh, don't have not working with anybody directly in Oklahoma. And um, so I have, uh, you know, created a, a name, and I, you know, I appreciate you calling me and asking me to be on this podcast because I need to get my name out there. Uh, people know who I am. I used to compete a lot. I don't compete near as much as I used to, so I've lost a little bit of touch with the direct competition cookers, and I need to get that reestablished. But, um, you know, every day I make a phone call and try to make a, a new phone call every day uh, just to keep my name out there and who I am and what I'm doing. Yeah, I got two things out of that. Really, that that was large. One of them was just like what you just finished with. Um, every day you try to make a one new phone call. And that's what it's about. It's just that I, I'm a firm believer in the slow growth world. Oh, who doesn't want a company that comes in and wants to buy pallets and pallets and pallets? And But I think if you can get a slow growth, I think it's more retainable. And that sounds like how you're trying to grow the customer clientele part of that and uh, yes um it you know it, it slow is and methodical is is not a bad uh thing to happen i mean sure like you said somebody wants to hit a home run the first time they step up to the plate but um that's not going to happen as often as uh establishing yourself with a customer base that is got quite a few companies or people in it and um so because if you don't have that support of those other companies and you lose that one big account that you might have gotten at the beginning um then then where are you you know you've got to really work hard and maybe struggle some to reestablish yourself and, and replace what you lost so um you know small Small customers are just as important and vital as a larger customer. Yeah, that reminds me of a story. A past company that I worked for had a is one of the largest retailers in the world. Um, had a um, a vendor that was selling to them, and it's a crazy item, but it was fact. It was hummus. Everybody knows what hummus is, and across the country that that customer, I'm sorry, that vendor, their sales had equated to be more than 60% to us. And they have it as a company policy that anybody that goes over 60%, they quit selling to them and growing. They had to go out and find new business so that if something happened with that relationship, their company wouldn't be plummeted and 60% or larger, say it gotten to 80%, 80% of their business was now gone. 
So I yeah. respected that wholeheartedly. And that kind of goes with a lot of what you were just saying. Um, and digress just a little bit. The second part of what you had said back there that I got, you had said that you was working with Old Hickory with their sauces, spices um, of that. Explain what you mean by you're working with. Are you helping sell it and get it out on the market? Are you cooking with it and doing videos with it? What are you doing for Old Hickory as a customer? Um, working with people that they're uh, selling their pits to, to uh, see uh, what sauces, seasoning, different things that they're currently using. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, their products are good. I've ha I have them at my house and I use them and I enjoy them. And they've got a variety of products. So uh, there's just uh, a teaching tool there, especially if there's somebody new in the barbecue industry. And I, I'm not working in Missouri uh, for them. I'm working at home, all, you know, off-site. And um, so as they get contacts and people become aware that I'm working for them and consulting with them, then hopefully I'll start getting those contacts as well but especially if there's somebody um, new that wants to get into the barbecue industry and this is something that I did in my previous employment when I'd get phone calls like that I would tell people you know you concentrate on cooking good barbecue and keeping people come in the door and I'll provide the other things that go on the, the meat whether it be seasoning first as you smoke it and then the condiment on the table, uh, and we can partner together to make, uh, a, you know, make you successful in the barbecue business. And that's, so that's what I'm doing with uh, Old Hickory. Yeah, that's what I was curious is, it's really you've gotten, you've built a consulting firm along with your food business as a, I'd say another little fingerling within it. Um, so as a client calls old hickory and says hey i need to talk to you about i'm opening up a barbecue restaurant or i'm opening up a smoked fish company um be it whatever it is um and we would like to get this smoker that smoker the other smoker now i need teaching i need understanding i, I need to know how to use your products with your smoker um they will say hey we have a consultant paul shoddy he's a freelance call him he will come and visit with you talk with you on the phone do whatever is needed and that's kind of what you're 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 giving uh head uh um old hickory right that is correct okay yes. so you'd be open if someone else um that's listening and says hey that's something i think i could use for my company i'd like to have a barbecue expert consult for my clients that's something that you're available to still bring on new clients for yes i'd be glad to talk to them yes okay i didn't think that it was solely for them that you're being paul foods and you're just working as a um um uh, a secondary company along beside them and you'll put your hat beside who you choose that is correct okay great yes. that's very informative um are you doing any i know you had a long time there with uh selling what you sold are you ever looking at maybe with paul foods doing something too or is that something that you're not willing to go into yet 
No, I'm. Uh, that's definitely out there, and uh, you know, I'm I'm working the angle I am now with the consulting brokering side of things, and then uh, uh, I mean, uh, I have in the back of my mind and looking for that opportunity to come out with Paul's products, um, and uh, have got those. You know, when something comes to mind, I write it down. I've got that in my notes, and. Um, you know, I in my previous uh, work, uh, what the right things are to do, and maybe what some things are not to do. Uh, so, um, but I I prioritized what I'm doing right now, and, and I'm pushing the the uh, consulting brokering avenue at the moment. I think but, that's uh, there's a lot right there. There is a lot of restaurants that have bought used smokers that have went to auctions or is buying new ones and really needs the knowledge of how to work them properly and to make sure that they get the full uh, full money out of what they're putting into it and that is the product itself the, the meat the protein um and or anything else if it's beans um that it's being done properly and they're getting the 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 biggest return on it. Yeah, because being in a barbecue restaurant business, uh, I mean, you've got a really expensive product because your proteins uh, they fluctuate throughout the year, but they don't seem to be going down and staying down. You know, when brisket's five dollars a pound, uh, that's what what's so interesting is you're buying raw meat. And you're cooking it, so it it redu reduces in weight, and um, you know there's a host of things that you have to keep in mind, so that you can keep the front door open all the time, you know. So uh, there's a lot to evaluate uh, being in the barbecue restaurant business. Yeah, and it's not just the smoker. Um, I bet you're even taking the avenue of I've got to work with your pitmaster, the the people that way to where they can recognize what's going on. Yeah, because not everybody. I mean, it, I've been in it so long, and my dad taught me very well at a young age. But that doesn't mean everybody else has that same knowledge base. And uh, from building the right kind, uh, the fire the right way to get the most out of it, you know, is uh, uh, something else to talk about. And there's there's great units out there uh, for people to use, uh, like Old Hickory Pits. And they've taken some of the guesswork out of it for the person that purchases one of those. But uh, there's still some education in, uh, a lot of education in, uh, you know, when do you take the meat off? Uh, when is it done and not overdone and still has full flavor? So uh, there's a, a lot of education to out there to be done yeah these these machines that are being used these smokers they're they're smarter than what they the old style stick on one end and uh exit on the other but they're just still a smoker they don't tell you what temperature to set it at what when to put it on when to take it off when to change the temperature when to put the next stick of wood in they don't do that so you still have to educate the person on how to operate it. Right. It just burns it smoothly and easily. Right. Yeah, you can, I mean, there's certain controls that are set on there to take out some of the issues. And, 
And if I was an owner of a barbecue restaurant, I would really want that kind of a control because you may have a one pit master that runs the pit, but what if he's not there on a certain day or has something else going on and can't be there? You've got to be able to have that consistency for your customers. Uh, they don't want to come in today and have something different than what they had the last time. Uh, if they're eating the same thing, if they're eating ribs, they wanted them to taste like they did before. Otherwise, they wouldn't have come back and ordered them again. So, uh, you know, like I said, some of the controls on the machines and so forth are great, but you still have to practice and learn how to use those pieces of equipment so that you can put out the best product you possibly can. That's exactly right. The consistency is the part of it. Um, how many of you listeners out there say that um, you've went to a barbecue restaurant and you're like, man, the ribs were great. Um, you go back two or three weeks later and you're like, man, they're not as good as last time. And the brisket's better than last time I got here. That is part of the problem. That's what Paul's trying to solve with his consulting work is is take out some of the guest work for the new business or the existing business so that they stay consistent. Um, let's be real. The number one fast food chain in the world is McDonald's. And that's because no matter where you go in this world, when you go up and ask for a quarter pounder with cheese, you get the exact same product. And that's what's grown their business. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking too, as you were talking, you know, there's, there's people that go into, say, the barbecue restaurant business, and they're very successful with their uh, one unit, and then they get the bright idea, okay, if I can do this with one store, I can do it with two. And um, that's where, I mean, there are barbecue chains out there, though, and large ones that are successful, but they've taken the concept that they, they learned and did really well at, at store number one, and replicated that into however many other units they have, and that's where I'll be able to to help them as well. And that that's one thing that I did when I went uh, to Sweden one year is there was a chain of restaurants uh, in the Scandinavian countries, and there was many uh, uh, 71 of the restaurants chefs that came to a class that I taught, and we just did ribs, and uh, it was really fun to watch their reaction and watch uh, how they interacted with each other and um, because again the, the owner that put that class together want, wanted there to be consistency throughout his multiple chain uh, barbecue restaurant. Yeah that's ex exactly how, I mean let's take restaurant ABC and I like the one on the south side better than the north side. Well, why? Well, they're the same recipe. They're the same spice. It's the same smoker. And it's because it goes back to the human nature of how it's being handled. And that's what you're trying to offer also, along with the sauce, the spice, the smoker. I think this is a great, great way to help bring barbecue uh, to the masses a little bit better. It is. Uh, and again, uh, I want them to have fun and be successful in life. And so I'm not going to hold back what I've learned over the years, because when I was with my previous company, for many of those years, uh, 
I've worked in either the restaurant a little bit, but more so catering. And um, that was what was so interesting is we took things that we had done well with on the barbecue circuit and implemented those into the restaurant business. And uh, again, it's all about having people in those chairs eating your uh, barbecue. Uh, you know, not just that you've got a facility with tables and chairs in it, but you got to have people sitting in there eating your stuff. So again, we would take concepts from the restaurant and, and do it out on the barbecue circuit. And then we'd take things that we knew were successful out on the circuit and implemented those into the the barbecue restaurant. Yes, that's that's time that just takes times to learn how to do that and that's exactly what what i think that you'll bring to this uh, really well with your consulting um are you doing this mostly with the smokers and the kitchen side or are you also doing it on the business side are you going in and helping folks with uh profit margins if they if they're struggling with that or setting up staff or are you just staying on the kitchen side Mostly the kitchen side, David. Uh, but you know, uh, if I'm if I'm given the opportunity to evaluate certain things, you know, uh, on the financial side, then I'd be uh, more than happy to at least offer some uh, words of advice. You know, think about it this way, um, and you know, see if we can't uh, make the profit. Uh, margin a little bit better for them. Okay, great. I was just curious how that was going, to, how that was working for you, or, or what your thought process was with that. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, good. Hey, let's just talk just a tad outside of barbecue, um, so that people kind of get to know you, and that way they uh, they ring you up and say, "Paul, I need to talk to you about my business." Um, do you have any hobbies or passions outside of barbecue? Oh, I have a several uh this is my favorite time of the year but this is hunting season so uh you know i'm fortunate enough to own some property and be able to spend some time out in god's creation and do some hunting but uh about 25 years ago uh, i started doing uh taxidermy work and for myself and then one thing led to another and people started asking me if i would uh do some taxidermy work on whether it was a bird or a deer head or a small mammal uh, type thing. And one thing led to another. And I've done that for 25 years now uh, as a business. I'm slowed down quite a bit from what I used to do, but I used to mount upwards of a hundred whitetail deer a year. Uh, <laughs> and plus everything else that I did. Uh, so, um, that, you know, it was a hobby to start with, but then it turned into a money-making adventure. And uh, I, you know, fortunately, I've got deer heads hanging all over the country because uh, wow. people will come to Oklahoma and, and hunt, and uh, then they don't want to take it back with them because they either flew or it's going to take two or three days to drive back. So they would bring it to my taxidermy shop and I'd mount it for them and then put it in a box and ship it to New York or um, 
Illinois or wherever it might be. You know. Wow. And so, you're up in the northern part of the state where, let's be real, the, the bodies of the deer are just so much larger. So I bet you have gotten a lot up that way. We have a lot of good deer, you know, and when I first came to Oklahoma 40 years ago, this, the deer season was quite a bit more limited than what it is now. And, uh, you know, the herd, the deer herd is, has grown exponentially. And part of that's been education as well. But, um, it, you know, we have some really good deer in Oklahoma. Uh, and as you said, I live north. I live about 10 miles south of the Kansas border in north central Oklahoma. So we've got some uh, big big body deer and good antler deer. So anyway, that's talking about hobbies. Taxidermy is another one of my hobbies. Oh, that's awesome. And let's be real, um, it still has a lot to do with meat. <laughs> it uh, does. Yeah. You know, and it, and that's where, you know, again, I, I give a lot of cre- credit to my dad because he taught me many things. One of them was being a good hunter, but the other one was uh, being a really good barbecue uh, cook. And um, I always think back to when I grew up, um, dad taught all, all of us, uh, my two sisters and my other brother, to work hard. But on Saturday when we would be uh, mowing the yard and washing the cars and doing certain things, dad would have the pit fired up and uh, – have something on there that we would enjoy after we were through with all our chores and uh that you know i i got taught at an early age and taught very well so now i'm returning the favor i i think it shows through something like that uh your upbringing um your honesty your your friendship to the barbecue world uh, it's it's definitely out there in front of you. Even if you don't want to recognize it, we all see it. Um, here's here's something I'm kind of doing with all the guests. It kind of brings a little fun to it, but uh, I'm going to inject you with a podcast truth serum. And so you've been injected. You, I'm going to ask you a question. You have to give me the real answer as to what it is. All right. If okay. You, if you could choose your favorite flavor of ice cream, would would it be a vanilla, a chocolate, or a specialty flavor? What's your favorite flavor? It's going to be just that standard vanilla. Uh, <laughs> I can, you know, it it it's just good. And you know, there's some different flavors of vanilla. Uh, whether it's a just a named the company is trying to associate with it but you know i'll i'll go back to that upbringing again most of the time especially in the summertime when we were doing barbecue out out uh, back at the end we'd take turns sitting on the churn ice cream machine and it taking turns cranking that and it was always vanilla and uh, it wasn't just plain old vanilla. It was good vanilla ice cream. And so that's my favorite. All right. Um, you've got your vanilla ice cream. Cup or a cone? Uh, you know that? That's an interesting one. Uh, but I'll go with the cup. <laughs> there you go. All right. You got just a little bit running through your veins of the truth serum. One last fun question like that. Do you watch college sports or you're a pro sports person? No, I'd watch college. 
quite often, quite a bit more than I would pro. Uh, I just think their heart's in it a little bit more, and uh, I enjoy their enthusiasm. You're a football, baseball, basketball, gym, gymnast. Um, what, what's your yeah. favorite? Football. Football. By far. There you go. All yeah. right. I think your kidneys have cleaned out your blood system. You're out of truth serum. So I think we'll be done with all that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good deal. Um, all right. That's pretty well what I wanted to go over. I wanted to introduce everybody and Paul's Foods. Uh, Paul, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you and sure. um, where they can follow you. Okay. My email address is, and I'll spell it, P-S-C-H-A. T T E P shoddy at no apostrophes Paul's food products.com. You have a Facebook page yet? It's coming. Okay. I'm actually uh, going to work on it this afternoon. And uh, mm -hmm. for those people that are listening to this and did reach out to me, I started doing quite a few friend requests last week, Friday and then I needed to update my Facebook page. And so for security reasons and so forth, I had to um, wait until today to get things rocking and rolling. But I see that I've got a lot of people trying to reach out to me and I'm not able to reach back out to them just yet. So uh, just have a little patience with me, but I'll be in touch with everybody and, um, uh, ask them to keep reaching out to me um, and I'll I'll be back in touch website you got a website yet it's coming as well okay. working on that great so great let me know when I'll it comes up I'll have all that yeah. and rolling yep. yeah let me know when it comes up and we'll put it we'll go back and edit the links to this and I can put it in the below this uh, podcast for that great I appreciate it David I appreciate you reaching out to me and giving me an opportunity to communicate what I'm doing to the uh, barbecue masses and uh, just looking forward to interacting with people again. All right, Paul, we appreciate it. And listeners, that's about all we got for this week. I'd like to tell everyone thanks for listening in. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our page. And we want to say thanks a lot. Smash that subscribe button and be ready for Butcher's next podcast.